Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. Everyone say, he set me free. free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Though hostile nations surround me, I destroy them all with the authority of the Lord. I want you to recognize his disposition, how he's standing there. This is a psalm. This song is really speaking of a position of a man who has found his trust to be in Jesus. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. See, it's not your authority that the devil's afraid of or problems adhere to. It's... It's God's authority inside you. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like a crackling fire. But I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. My enemies did their best to kill me. But the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength in my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord has raised in, is raised in triumph. The strong right hand of the Lord has done glorious things, and I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell the Lord what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not let me die. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter. And I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and for giving me, giving me what? Victory. The stone that the builders rejected. We know the stone is Jesus. See, this is prophetic. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. And it is wonderful to see. Now, I want you to read this last scripture with me. Are you ready? Verse 24. Say, this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't. Some of you caught it. I felt it. But if you can understand what this writer is saying, he is saying that what I am singing is the result of a day that God made in my life. That's the day the Lord has made. And the reason why most of us are having bad days is because they're days that you made. There are days that you have allowed to be made and you've not stood in the front forefront of your day to allow God to have full control And you set the parameters on every bad thing, every spirit, to not allow it to change your direction or your destiny. But there is a day that God created just for you. And if he did it one day, he can do it every day for the rest of your life. I'm going to say that again because religion has limited your thinking. But relationally, through a relationship... If God gives you one day of victory, you're going to have problems. But that doesn't mean you are defeated. If God can bless you and give you favor and anoint you in one day and give you victory in one day, if you can learn how to, if you can learn how to have one God day, if you can just learn how to get one God day, you can multiply that to 365 days of the year. With God's help, I'm going to teach you tonight how to learn 
to get out of having a bad day. Look to and turn to your neighbor and tell them things are fixing to change for me. Things are fixing to change for me. Now give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Come on. Somebody tell them I'm ready to receive right now, Father. I'm ready to receive. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to get into this. Get your pens and paper out. Get your phones out. Let's start taking some notes. Uh, we are in the embassy. How many of you know that? We are God's embassy. You are an ambassador. You're here to receive instruction. And the instruction you're going to receive tonight is going to be beneficial for you and your family. I want you to say this one more time with me. I felt to say this. I'm going to say it right now. Say it boldly. Say, Spirit of slumber, you can't rest on me. The Holy Ghost energizes me right now. Don't allow your flesh to get tired under my voice. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's what we're going to do. We need to go back and understand Jewish customs. We talked about this uh, in the church so many times. So many times we related to you how it's very important to understand the origin of our salvation, how Jesus, when you read Genesis, in the beginning, you can find an actual pattern of the second coming of Jesus Christ or the first coming him as a second Adam and you can also find that ultimately God has a Sabbath the Sabbath that we are referring to as Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews is the Holy Spirit where God ceased from his works and so you and I should also cease from ours and rest in his presence that's what the Holy Ghost was meant to do for you in your life we were meant to rest in him. We were meant to let God begin to help us. If life is so hard right now, it's because we've not allowed God to yoke us with him. When I say yoke, I'm using an old farm term, uh, only a term that maybe farmers may know and historians understand that when you yoke an animal with another animal, it's simply a device made out of wood and iron that connect two big beasts together. And, and they use a, the farmer uses their power or their physical strength to pull something into the ground, like till the ground or hauling a cart, a wagon, whatever it might be. When you are yoked up with the Spirit of God, with Jesus, when you're yoked to the Holy Ghost, then you have available to you in your weakness is his strength. Therefore, you can almost take a rest and take a breather in him. And that's why he said to us, all you that are heavy laden and burdened, come unto me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. That doesn't mean he wanted to crack an egg over your head. That is a term used as a laborer in the fields of labor as a worker with him. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, you're struggling, you're weary. Don't you know how strong I am and how I can help you? I have wisdom to give you direction. I have knowledge to let you know what's ahead and what's behind and what the problem is. I have power that will renew your strength like the eagles. I have the ability to give you peace that passes all understanding and a love that does the same. This is the seventh day that God established. The reason why I'm mentioning the Spirit of God is because we need it every day. We need the anointing every day. There is the presence of God that comes out of our life as the anointing that comes in our responsibilities and our assignments and our tasks. Like, like right now, I've, I feel the anointing in my life to help deliver this message. I feel the anointing to help me, to help you find a place in Christ and to go further and go farther. Now, according to your faith and according to mine, we could limit that if we wanted to. But if we took the limits off tonight, we can have an awesome time in God. It's up to you. It's up to me. But I can only go as far, or let me rephrase that, God can only go as far far as I will allow him to as your leader or pastor so I can't limit God and what he wants to do. But I can only go as far as you'll allow me to challenge you. So let's take the limits off. 
Let's take the limits off and let's take the limits off of our days and stop thinking that church people are only fed and strengthened in church alone. You can have every day, every day can be exciting. Every day can bring you hope. There is nothing wrong with that. But you have to fight for it. If you want hope every day, you've got it in Jesus right now through the cross. You have it through the blood, through the mercy of God, and his grace is sufficient for every single one of us. But grace is free, but it comes through prayer. Let, let me get to this. The point which I'm trying to convey to you is take the limits off. Ask the Spirit of God to make you alive. Ask the Spirit of God to wake you up out of your slumber, out of discouragement, and to face every day as he intended. And the reason why most of us are weary is because every day is a burden. And we're not allowing him in our day. According to the Jewish calendar, when you look at this, when God created time, he first created the night. Everyone say the night. The night. Then, the day. then the day. First God created the night, the evening, then the day. Therefore, a Jewish calendar begins with the night beforehand. Yeah. I want you to get that in your mind. Write that down. When God established the earth and God created, he first Considered a day to be the night, then the day. Now, in our while a day in the calendar, a secular calendar begins with the end at midnight, it begins in the Jewish day goes from nightfall to nightfall, but we're used to going from day to day, from dawn to dawn, sunrise to sunrise. But according to the scripture, really, you go from night to night. It's important to understand this because a day begins with the night. When you look at this, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, and write this down. Write down Genesis 1, 1 through 5 in the NLT, the New Living Translation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And then he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Everyone say, evening came. And the morning came. Then it was a day. Get that in your mind. Get that in your brain. It's going to be significant for this principle. We are used in our mind. You have to relearn yourself. Rewire yourself. God never intended us from go. And it's, it's a simple little thing, but it makes a huge difference spiritually and approaching God and understanding the principles of how we should live our life and our priorities. We have been programmed to put priority on our mornings, which is good, but it should be prioritized. Really, our priority should be on our evenings. So when you think and understand night to day, night and morning, when the morning has passed, then, you know, evening passed, morning came, that's a day. Because what you're going to understand is, is that when God began to establish creation, this first little segment of one chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 is really speaking of a spiritual awakening in the earth. It was a spiritual awakening first. He wasn't referring to the sun and the moon. This was a spiritual awakening. And if you look at this in our lives first before we can ever have the S-O-N, son, established in our life, we have to first have a spiritual awakening of our conscience to bring us to the cross. 
I can go a little bit deeper, but you need to understand the precepts and the concepts that God has given in the Bible. Everything in this Bible is perfectly laid out to lead us to Jesus Christ and the born-again experience. Everything. And when you begin to look at this, again, Genesis chapter 1, 14 and 19. Write that down, please. Genesis 1, 14 and 19. Again, in the NLT. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate day from night. And let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. And let the lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what? And that, excuse me. Shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two lights, great lights. The larger one to govern the day. The smaller one to govern the night or rule over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw it, that it was good, and the evening passed. Everyone say, the evening passed. The morning came, and that was the end, and that was the fourth day. God begins all of his work in the evening. Write that down. God begins all of his work in the evenings when it's dark. Why do you think many times when Jesus went away by himself, it was late at night or early, early before the sun rose in the morning, but the evening? Because morning really isn't morning until the sun comes out. You've been programmed differently. We've been... Americanized and taught differently. But according to the Jewish calendar, according to the scriptures, when the sun comes out, that's when morning begins. But all of God's work and creation was done in the evening. And there's a reason for this. But point number one, and I want you to write this down, the lesser light is a reflection of the real light. The lesser light is a reflection of the real light. The way God made this world is for us to learn from it. You can go out and learn about God by seeing his creation. If you ever lack inspiration, go for a prayer walk or for a drive prayer, drive, whatever you call it. Uh, lots of times, if I don't have inspiration for something, I'll just look at God's creation. I look at the trees. I look at the sky, the clouds, the sun, the stars at night, the moon. Everything means something in this world. And if you understand this correctly about the lights, the lesser light to rule the night, that's going to be over that, the night season, and the greater light to rule the day. When you look at this, this is exactly what we need to understand. Here's a diagram. I want you to take a look at this diagram right here. This is actually what happens. It's kind of pixelated. They didn't do it the way I asked. It says reflected light from moon. That's okay. But do you see that right there? The moon is not a light. The moon is not a light. It is reflecting light from the sun. The true source of light is from the sun. And when you see a part of the earth that has no light, it is getting its light from a mere reflection of the real light, but it's not the real light. Some of you got it. Some of you are getting this. God was trying to tell us something. The lesser light. Who rules? Can I ask you a question? Who does the Bible say rules in darkness? Don't be afraid to shout it out. The devil. And what does it say about the devil? He comes as an angel of what? But he's not that light. But he rules the night. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? You think that's a coincidence, the way God made this 
universe and how we are living our life right now, it's a, supposed to be a reminder. If you ever find your, yourself in a dark place without light, guess where you're going to get your direction from, a lesser light that's mocking and mimicking the real light, a false religion. Well, let me just give it to you this way. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. This is the Apostle Paul trying to warn the Corinthian church. He said, these people are false prophets. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Christ meaning anointing. They're trying to act like they're anointed, but they're not. They're trying to act like they're called by God, but they're not. They lack something. One of those things is authority. When we read the Psalms and we read this, it emphasized authority. Only all authority has been given to Jesus Christ in this world. If you fall under someone else's power or influence other than Jesus, you're not under real authority. You are only influenced by your permission. They can only influence you by your permission. I'm going to give you some hope and help you see how important it is to have the Son of God in your life. But this is what the apostles said. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. It is all over the scripture. Well, there are people who try to disguise themselves as representatives of God. The thought keeps coming to me about Jacob. Under an old covenant, Jacob lied and disguised himself as Saul to take the blessing. I'm not quite sure if, if you know, that was God's will. I, I, don't, I don't have a really hard time with that sometimes, but until I look at the life of Jacob and recognize how much he desired God and how much he wanted God. I think the lesson for that story is if you don't want God's blessings, he'll give it to somebody who does. But, but the truth is, is that there are others that will disguise themselves not to lead you in the right direction, but to misguide you under their own intent for their own prosperity and for their own influence. That's why it's so important to understand that there are real churches out there that have no strings attached to their loving you and their giving to you, teaching you and serving you. There are still some God-called pastors in this world. Don't judge all of them by, you know, by one person's mistake. Don't, don't, don't give, give, give up on God just because you hear about one pastor messing up or one person or one family. That's one out of the millions in this world. There are still some God-called people. There are still some real Christians in this world. There are still some real churches in this world that have the light of God. Others have a form of godliness but deny the power. That's why it's so, so important to surrender your whole life to God, as we learned this Sunday, body, soul, and spirit, so God can fill your spirit whole, wholeness, make you whole. When you are starting your day. Here's the point. This is an example that we need to give attention to our nights as the beginning of our day. This is where darkness, when darkness comes out, that's where the devil begins to work. You want to know why he's on the prowl in the evenings? What do you do at night? Sleep. What does he do while you're sleeping? 
He messes with your mind and messes with your children and dreams. He, I'm not trying to sound spooky, but you've got to know how the devil works. But the good news is, he that keepeth Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. You've got to, you've got to, yeah. You don't have just a lion watching. You have a, uh, a lamb watching. You have a lion watching over you. In the night season, this is what you have to write down and get into your system, into your brain. The devil does his work at night. And based on the influence he got in that season, that night season, will determine how effective he will be during the day. If you allow him any kind of yardage, if you give him an inch, whatever it might be in your life, whatever it is, he will take you further and further and further if he can just get you to entertain a sinful act. If he can get you to entertain a lustful thought. And the only way he can do that is when your guard is down and you've not filled your life up already. You remember this? Do I have to do it again? It is hard to fill something up that's flowing over. Just a reminder, just in case you forgot, it is hard to fill something that is already overflowing. I can fill up a little bit of this, but if I have nothing coming out of my life, no flow, then there is no pressure to release or restrict anything else from influencing me. But you see, the Spirit of God was never given to us just to hold as a reservoir. The Spirit of God was given to us to begin to flow as rivers of living water. So the only way that you can begin to see God create the kind of day you want is by speaking. This past Sunday, we learned that your words form your world. Tonight, your day matters, and your world is comprised of many days. Your world is comprised of many days, and if you can learn how to let God make one good day in your life, you can see the rest of your life turn around for good. Things will change. You can lose the fear of succeeding in life. There are some people that are fearful of succeeding because they're afraid that they can't maintain the walk. Really what they're afraid of is having a bad day. I'll put clarity on that in a moment because we still have bad days sometimes, but that doesn't mean that you have to Allow one bad day to stop or to redirect the will of God in your life. So in the night season, it's so very important that we go into prayer at night and that becomes priority. Evening prayer, I'm going to say something that I'm going to tell you is totally, totally untraditional. But this is what the Lord gave me for you. And it lines up with the scriptures. The psalmist did write and said, in morning and the afternoon and the evenings, I will praise you. That's all the time we should praise God. But when you look at the scripture, God did his work beginning in the evenings. If your prayer life is not established to be all focused on the evening time, you become very susceptible in your sleep and in your dreams. It's a very important part of rejuvenation, how well you sleep. I mean, if you have trouble sleeping, if you have anxiety, if you wake up with anxiety, what are you, have you been thinking about during your sleep, your subconscious? The reason why most people have bad days is because they have bad sleep. 
And the reason why we have bad sleep is because we've never set the tone before we go to bed. I mean, the worst thing you can do is watch a suspenseful thriller at the end of the night and go, my God, that was an amazing movie. I'm going to bed. I'm just saying. But if we can adopt the discipline of worshiping God, and it's the best time once you put the kids to bed. I understand how time gets. Not every time, you know, in our house, we don't have time every single time to get everybody in the living room and pray in tongues for an hour all the time. But my kids know when I text or I yell out, it's time for prayer. If we just got to step out in the living room and hold hands and just pray for a little while, then, then that's what we do. But then when I go to bed and I go to my room, I don't care who's sleeping. I'm going to spend some time in trying to find the mind of God. At some point, no matter how long it takes, I need a touch. You need a touch. We need influence because the devil does his work at night. He still works through the morning based on how effective he was in the night season. Who does the devil use? He doesn't just go out there and starts doing his own thing. He uses people. He uses people. Who does God use? We say so many times God is sovereign. He can do what he wants to do. I'm going to disagree with you. He can, but he doesn't because here's what the scripture says. He chooses to work through people, and it's called prayer. And if you want God to be in control, then let him have control of your heart first. Fully, everything, wholeheartedly, no reservations. And if there are problems in your family and you're dealing with things that you can't identify, maybe there are some reservations there. Maybe there's some rooms that you haven't let God into. And this is where we have to be transparent with God and lay it all down and say, Lord, I repent of it. Because where most of us, what most of us do, we like to just stand on the fence or stand on one side in, I, I don't know, this is coming to me, so just bear with me. One side, one foot in the world, one foot in the church so we can please everybody and we can have everyone like us. I'm preaching to myself. I've done this many times afraid of what people are going to think. Until I realize they're not my ticket to heaven. <laughs> or I realize when I'm in trouble, where are they? When the bills are due. How many of you understand, how many of you understand what I'm talking about? My family's sick. I was standing on the wrong side. I got to stand on the winning side. I got to stand on the side... Of the person who actually gave his life for me. It's through his blood that I'm forgiven. It's through his blood that I'm actually got this ticket. This reassurance that I'm going to heaven. But we have to reevaluate the way we do life in the kingdom. The way we do life in the kingdom is a life of preparation. Write this down. Preparation must precede success. And I'm going to give you the definition of success. Are you ready for success? Let me give you the definition. Say, I'm ready. Okay. The definition of success. Are you ready? Is living and doing God's will. Living in God's will and doing God's will for your life. That's success. I can define that a little bit more broader, but we're going to keep it right there because Jesus said, I've come to do the will of my Father. And if Jesus needed to pray to see his impact or influence in the world dominate over darkness... So do you and I. Let me give you more scripture. Let me give you the second, the second point, and I'm going to give you more understanding. Point number two, the greater light 
has to be released every day. Now, the way God made this was in the evening, this object of reflection, it reflects, it reflects real light in darkness. And, and when that light tries to project itself, remember, that is a type of satanic influence that tries to mock the real source of our salvation and direction in our life, mislead us, misguide us. There are so many people that say God said do this and God said do that, and they're becoming false prophets because it's not coming to pass. They're not hearing from God. They're not hearing from God, and you can miss the will of God in your life if you keep on making declarations that they're not coming to pass. And it's only because you're not being led by the real light, and you're walking in darkness still. And when someone or something tries to give you direction in the dark, remind you, let me help you understand, there are still some thoughts that can cloud your mind. When you ever say, if you ever said to yourself, I'm just confused, cloudy thoughts, cloudy minds, it's a vapor, they call it a gas, it's moisture. It becomes precipitation. Thoughts come and go. But no matter what time of the day or what time of the night, you're always going to have thoughts, but you have to have the right thoughts. But negative thoughts can block light, and negative thoughts can, will never give you clarity in the night when you need it as well. So your thoughts have to be right. So you go to bed reading your Bible. And there's no negative influence in the night season for you except God. But I'm going to clarify that again. I keep saying this, but, but I'm going to give it to you right here. How do you release the light? If, if Jesus is the light of the day, if Jesus is representation of the sun for our day, what does that mean? I'm going to give you two scriptures, and I want you to listen to them, and you're going to pick it up, and you're going to catch it. And when you catch it, and when you see it, it's going to be a revelation for you that are listening here tonight, that are anticipating the answer, and you have to write it down. Write this scripture down and go home and read it again, and I'm going to give it to you. The first one is Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. It says... This is a prophecy by the prophet Isaiah concerning Jesus Christ. And he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and the glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes around you and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar. Your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea shall return to you, and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Arise and shine. The revelation in this is, is that God has put the light inside of you. The S-O-N of God lives in you. The sun... The S-U-N in this world is an example of what your world looks like without negative cloudy thinking in the, in, the, in the supernatural world. Because in the light of God's spirit, everything is illuminated. And you have perfect sight. But you have to arise and stand and you have to release what God has put inside of you. 
And he said that you shall become a beacon of hope and that the Gentile nation. How many of you are Gentiles in this building here right now? You're here because someone had light. You are here because someone had the Son of God radiating out of them. And they stood up and they let that brightness shine into the world. They opened their mouth. They, remember we talked about releasing the Spirit through words? Someone opened their mouth and gave you understanding. Read, write this down and go home and read it. It will open up your mind. The Gospel of John, the first chapter. Read it. It says that there was a man by the name of John who was sent into the world. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That true light that lighteth every man that comes into the world. And we know that light was Jesus. I'll let you read the rest. Are you ready? The same chapter, verses down, prophetically speaking. Now watch this. Isaiah chapter 60. Now, Isaiah 61 was actually the scripture that Jesus, when he opened up the book in the temple, he read to all those that were there. He said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. You remember that? Right prior to that, it was speaking of his life, speaking of him. But listen to Isaiah 60, verse 19 and 20. Watch this. This is going to hit you between your spirit. You ready? The sun shall no longer be your light by day. Talking of a natural light. Nor the brightness shall the moon give light to you. Nor for brightness. Listen to what it said. Nor the brightness shall the moon give towards you. In other words, you're no longer going to be under an ungodly influence of the prince of the power of the air. This is prophetically speaking to the church and to the things to come that God was given to the world. He said, but the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. Do I have to read that again? I'm going to read it again. Verse 19. The sun shall no longer be light by day, nor the brightness, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. And your God, your glory, your sun, listen to this, your sun shall no longer go down. I don't know. I mean, whoa. Hey, your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself. That means whenever you may have problems, but the sun is not going to stop shining. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. Somebody has to understand what I'm talking about. No longer will you dwell in darkness. Let me give you another scripture. He brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And there is no more dark days. There is no more misdirection. There is no more halfway seeing. I don't know what that is. But it is so bright, it is so clear, everything is transparent and naked before you. There is nothing hid, there is nothing that will sneak up on you. When you live in the light of God. But what I have just read you was a prophecy, a promise concerning our time right now. That even though it is night outside, and even though the order of the world God knew from the beginning, when Jesus came into this world, he said, the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air. I'm going to repeat myself. I've said this many times. But remember this. 
Jesus knew what was stolen from Adam. Jesus knew, and God knew that Adam would fail. He knew this. The proof of this can be found when God formed the heavens and the earth. And then you look at when he created the sun and the moons. And then you look at the stars. When you look at stars in the scripture in the New Testament, it's referencing angels. You ever heard of a falling star in the scripture? You know what Satan was called? How many say that? Somebody who knows this? The morning star. An angel. And a third of them were cast down into the earth before the earth was formed. So when God came into this world, he said, this world is dark. So the first thing he had to do was have a spiritual awakening before order was established. All the golfers got that one. Love that clap. So pretty. God had to wake up us, this world up spiritually before he began, began to create. And God knew because Jesus said it. The prince of the power of the air. What that meant was the earth belongs to the Lord. Everything that you see belongs to the Lord. But the spiritual atmosphere was stolen from Adam. Therefore, it belongs to the devil. He is the God of this world. But when God, because those who dwell in darkness are influenced by him, and there's only one light, it's a lesser light, and it looks like God, but it isn't God. It's a false God. It's a lesser light. It doesn't have any fire. It's just a reflection of the fire. Some of you are going to catch this. How many of you under, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about? It's just confusing. Are you catching this? Because, because when you and I understand our spiritual life, see, some people don't get it because they haven't been praying. You ain't got to say nothing. You can feel it when somebody's been praying. You can feel it coming out of your spirit when you're hungry for God. You can feel it coming out of your being with humility and with meekness and with love and there's a light that's there not a charisma but a light that comes out by your words because you spent time with the son of God and when Jesus walked in this world the scripture says that he came unto his own but his own received him not but as many as received him to them they became the sons of God not by flesh not by man but by by the Spirit of God, by God Himself. So when somebody is in this world that has the S-O-N in their heart, they need to arise. That means come out of the shadows of your thinking and intimidation and the false narrative that you are nobody, but understand that you are somebody and you have authority in him and your authority is in Christ. And when your authority is released, the devil can't see for the brightness of his glory that comes upon you and the world. That's why whenever Jesus walked in this world, all he had to do was step on the beach and the playa. Did I say it right? That's all he had to do. And all he had to do was step on there one time and, the, and, and thousands of demons came in one man and said, what do you, what do you have to do with us? Yes. Too bright. Too bright. devil can't handle Jesus. Yes. The devil can't handle Jesus. You, on the other hand, and I, lightweight, small potatoes, right? Nothing. But Jesus, big papas, boy, I'm telling you right now, the devil, can't the devil can't handle Jesus. The devil can't 
handle the anointing. The devil can't handle the word of God that comes out of you. The devil can't handle the anointing that comes out of you. The devil can't handle a praying Christian. The devil can't handle a praising Christian. The devil can't handle a worshiping mama, a worshiping father, a worshiping child of God. That's why you need to stand up and rise and let your light shine forth and stop being a cold, disconnected Christian. You are a son of God. Come on, girl. And if you want to have successful days, a God day, you have got to have successful evenings. And if you can pray through the evening, when you wake up, I haven't even got through all of my message. There's so much I got to tell you, man. There's so much I have to tell you. Part of releasing the light is your morning declaration. See, when you go to bed full of the Holy Ghost, you're maintaining something throughout the night. You have to train your spirit and your mind to be refreshed. Sleep should always be refreshing to you. And when you wake up in the morning, you should command your mornings. Release the light and speak over your day. You see, there are some things Jesus didn't pray about, but there are many things Jesus spoke to. And your day should be spoken to. When you wake up, you release the light. How do you release light? Through what? Through your words. And where the word of a king is, there's power. Okay. Capital K, that's our Jesus. Small K, that's you and I. What's our property? What's our inheritance? Wherever you place your foot on, that's your land. That's right. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Listen to this. Listen to this. Fresh off the press. When Abraham was made to, to, he was forced to make a decision, Lot said, I'll take the good land. Lot said, I'll take the thing that looks good. See, that's just, that's an old covenant. The old covenant was under a law that gave false that gave promises of something, something that was attainable. It was a quick fix for the moment. It was a momentary satisfaction for just a temporary experience. That was not God's plan. But the second time when God moved through Abraham, God told Abraham, like Abraham was like, now I don't even know where I'm going to, what's my land, God? And, and listen to what God says. God said to Abraham, because I am with you and you are my friend, your land is everywhere you place your feet. I'm with you, Abraham, and I'm not going to leave you. And you have something in your life that only I can give you. And anywhere you put your feet, Joshua, how are we going to take the promised land? God said, never, ever let the word of the Lord depart from your mouth. Not depart from your mouth. You have to keep on speaking it. You have to keep on releasing it. And was it it Joshua who prayed the prayer when they were in battle that the sun would stand still? A type of new covenant and new dispensation of grace that you and I, I just read you in the book of Isaiah, where the sun, the everlasting light, will never stop shining. So that means, what that means is this, only farmers can understand this principle because you can only work when the sun is out till you got daylight. But under God's covenant, he said, you can work whenever you want to because the light is always on and I never stop sleeping and I'm going to keep on working. And the devil thinks he's having, you know, you know, there's a parable that says that when that the enemy that came across and sowed tares and sowed thorns into, the, into a land while the people were sleeping. And they woke up and didn't realize where it came from. But we don't have that problem no more. Because now the everlasting light inside of you is always there. 
So what am I trying to say? In conclusion, let me just simply tell you this and encourage you with this. And this is what I want to share with you. A bad day living for God is still better than any good day living for the devil. You might still have some bad days according to the world's standard, but they can never figure out unless you open up their understanding why you keep a smile on your face when you're going through your troubles. I'll tell you why. Because you have an everlasting light inside of you. You have the Son of God inside of you. You have not allowed your, your weariness. You have not allowed your weariness to stop you from praying and praising. Will you lift up your hands? I pray here tonight. If you need a renewing in your spirit, I pray tonight that the Spirit of God would just begin to put a spirit of prayer upon you. You see, if you can learn to pray at night and you learn to praise Him in the morning and command your mornings, Praising God throughout the day is no problem. You don't even have to try. It just happens. Maintaining that is so easy. You start to develop a desire for God, and you start walking in the Spirit, and you start listening to the right music, and you start watching the right things, and you start speaking and getting the right, the, giving the right advice, and you start listening to the right people. I mean, things begin to alter when the power of God is recognized in the evening. And when you know how God works and you wake up in the morning ready to face your day, there is nothing that's going to come your way that's going to cause you to fear. There is nothing that you're going to face that day that God can't handle because you took care of it beforehand. See, this is why David said, the Lord prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Preparation leads to success. Success is fulfilling the will of God in your life. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, here tonight, if you're here and you're not giving your life to the Lord, I encourage you to do that right now by saying, Father, forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. I want to take that first walk. I repent of every sin. I repent of every way. I want to give you a chance, and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to fear failing, and I'm not going to fear falling because I know you've given me authority in my life now father we thank you for this in Jesus name now for everybody else I'm going to tell you just begin to make this your prayer father in the name of Jesus we surrender our hearts and minds remove the cloudiness from our thinking remove the smog remove the fear Remove the intimidation. It's not from you, so we don't allow it here. God, you brought us out of darkness into light, so we, don't, we, we just want light to be light. We just want light to travel at the light of speed. Every demon, every devil, every temptation, every addiction, every trouble, shed light on the subject. Expose it for what it is. We don't care. We know that when you show us a problem or you expose a problem, that it's your light revealing it, giving us a chance to deal with it, giving us an opportunity to invite you into our life to deal with it. So we say here tonight, Lord, let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let the Spirit of God begin to reign. We look forward to having a God day. For this is the day the Lord hath made. This is the kind of day that you've made. Not all days are created equal. But we give you, God, place and authority to create our days. To create our days. And we command our mornings. And we speak over our mornings. That there, are no, there is no devil that can come near my family, my husband, my wife, my business, because I have been grounded and rooted in the kingdom of God. And I have built my house on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself 
being the cornerstone. So flood, you can't touch me. Wind, you can't tear down my house. My house isn't divided, but I have been received by the love of God, and my family is saved, and our house is of one mind and one accord. Therefore, we are effective, and we are in agreement that we will serve the Lord today. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.